everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. This is where we're going to prove which one of us is smarter once and for all. No. no. I mean, we, oh, we do that every you. season with a trivia question, sort of, and you usually win, so I think that answers that question pretty clearly. I don't know. I think we've uh, tied quite a few seasons by now. I think we've tied one time. <laughs> Actually, oh. that's actually the answer. I've We've tied once, I've won once, and you've won seven or eight times. So, oh. it's not... Considering we've had 15 seasons of trivia, I don't think those we numbers have, add up. We haven't done 15 seasons. We didn't start We didn't start doing trivia until, like, season... I don't know, what season is this? It's fairly early. Four or five. Three, four, yeah. So, there's only, like, ten or eleven. So, that's about right. I'm, I don't want to have to pull out stats right now. Using brain. that fuzzy math, I see. Yeah, that's... I'm very good at fuzzy math. Hi, guys. We have brought you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Bunch of back back episodes to, to listen to. Years of content now. If you want to subscribe, help us out with the show. Help pay for hosting. We appreciate you. This week's episode is Smart and Smarter. Episode FABFO9. Originally aired February 22nd, 2004. Written by Carolyn Omine. Directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Received a 6.9 rating. Nice. With 10.3 million viewers. It was first... On Fox at night, the couch gag. The living room is a moving rack seen in dry cleaning shops with the Simpsons in five dry cleaning bags. That's fine. It's all right. You know? Yeah. It's fine. It's interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's you know, they're branching out. It's something. Uh, episode guest stars Simon Cowell as Henry. You know, your beloved Simpsons character, Matt. Henry. Yes. Henry. That's who we're here for. Henry, that looks exactly like Simon Cowell and acts exactly like Simon Cowell. Uh-huh. I love Henry. He's my favorite. Yes. Is 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 uh looking like exactly like Simon Cowell. It's a total coincidence. Yeah, it's yeah, not there's nothing to do with the fact that it's played by Simon Cowell and he's just doing he's just being himself. The episode begins with Homer trying to prank Bart with a spray toilet seat. Um hmm. Yeah, the captain. That's not. That's not a good prank. No, it's not. Like, I mean, it's fine. You get sprayed in the face with some water when you sit down on a toilet. That's fine. And whatever. You hope that that water is not from the toilet. I mean, toilet water is the water itself is clean. If your toilet when is it dirty, goes in, but then it enters the toilet bowl, and well, well, I mean, if it's, so if, if it's like a bidet where you you bypass the actual entrance of the toilet and just like branch off where it comes out, that's fine. It's still not a fun prank, but you know. I okay again. I don't know after Matt. I think I we have a problem, and that problem is that we, for our Patreon, which is a bonus episode, where we compared and contrasted yeah. a, an early days episode versus an older episode. We did a season two episode, Bart Gets an F, with a season 23 episode. It's a totally fun thing Bart will never do again. Both are, very, both are good episodes. I would, Bart Gets an F is a great episode. and But the behavior of Homer is... It's shocking. The shockingly different when you look at the the two different seasons, very early and then later, and that just this is not a Homer episode. This is a Lisa episode, but Homer in it is just constantly like, "Look at Homer! He's doing crazy stuff. He behaves like he's seven. And it's really it's really jarring now that I just watched. I shouldn't have watched Bart Gets Enough. That's really the answer. I should not have gone back exactly. and watched Bart Gets Enough. So they, they have a, we have a spray for toilet seat. Bart doesn't sit down on the toilet because he's a guy. And like you said. You know. Yeah, he's not going to sit down to pee. I mean, 
you can. If you do, that's fine. It's cleaner that way. But, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, that requires so more work. I don't know, sometimes you're lazy. You just want to sit. <laughs> I'm just tired. I just want a good seat. I don't yeah. care. Like, I'm going to go sit in the bathroom for three hours because I'm tired. Doesn't, no. I would rather sit somewhere more comfortable, but sure. Uh, I mean, you got to fix your toilet. That's the answer, Matt. You got a better toilet. Exactly. So they fight. We got to, we get, and they just are like, it's a cartoony Looney Tunes fight in the bathroom where they're jamming toothbrushes in each other's noses and shower heads in each other's mouths. And it's a bunch of chaos, water f- flying everywhere. But the family wants to use the bathroom and Homer and Bart both wanted to distract the family from the fact that they were fighting. So they just abandon everything in the bathroom, water still on, and they go get pancakes. Which, if you have a, need a distraction, pancakes is a pretty great distraction. Not as good as waffles or French toast, but still a good distraction. Is it, I mean, is I assume they have waffles and French toast at a place that serves pancakes. I would assume as well, but you never know the restaurant in the Simpsons universe. Like IHOP has waffles. I know it says I like pancakes on the on the on the sign, but it does. They do serve waffles and other breakfast food. That's that's true. Um, I I just I just have this like question of like, well. If they're going to go get pancakes, they need to use the bathroom. They have to get ready, Homer. Like that doesn't that that doesn't change. Uh, that's, that's what the kitchen sink is for, Robbie. <laughs> oh my god, kitchen sink. Ooh, okay. Well, we've seen that the Simpsons house only has the one bathroom. They the, but Marge and Homer have a bathroom. Well, then why are they always waiting in a line outside the hallway bathroom? Oh God, take that, Simpsons! I hope someone got fired for that blunder. So. <laughs> There's a, we, whatever they go get pancakes. None of this matters. We, me and Matt are just like rambling about this garbage when it doesn't matter because the actual plot is arriving relatively soon. Where they Which go is good for once. Yeah, it is. Uh, frankly, they go to go get pancakes and across and I think they're they're waiting in line to, for the pancake restaurant. I guess the pancake restaurant is high demand in, in Springfield on a whatever morning this is. Everyone goes get pancakes. Delicious pancakes. Oh, I want pancakes. Thanks a lot, Robbie. I had a slice of pizza for breakfast. I'm really hungry. Um, but across the street is is uh, a new exclusive pre preschool, and there's also a line for that. Now, Pooh and Doctor Hibbert are already in line. Hey, Pooh, what's with the line? Oh, it's application day at Miss Wickerbottom's pre nursery school. Pre nursery school? The fast track begins at birth. That's it. Claw and bite for position. There's only enough tuition money for two. For the rest of you, better luck next life. That's a lot of pressure to put on a baby. All they should be worried about is the raspberry monster. (laughs) You know, Marge makes a good point. Competitive schools aren't for every baby. <laughs> Are you saying my daughter can't cut it just because I owe you $14,000? I'll show you. Come on, Maggie. You're getting into that school. I will hire a collection agency. Which one? Tri-City, OmniPay, InstaThread? I've beaten them all. I actually kind of like the joke that Homer knows all the collection agencies <laughs> and has beaten them all. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a veteran. He's not, you're yeah. not gonna come on, Doctor Everett. You're a rookie. You can't. You're not gonna get over. Yeah, him. the key is don't uh, have the Simpsons owe you money because you're not gonna get it. Yeah, that's the that's the actual secret. So don't do business with Homer. That's the actual answer. Is don't do business with Homer. So we're going to Mrs. Wickham Bottoms uh, pre preschool 
pre-nursery school and they're going to get Maggie in. So Maggie gets an audition and this is, it's, it's Simon Cowell and I think there's someone else there, but it doesn't matter. Simon, Simon Cowell, Henry is the only one that talks and they only take talkers. Maggie can't talk yet. And because she can't talk, she can't get in. Um, Maggie's a year old. She can't talk. That's, I think, you, is that behind schedule? Matt? I have no, I don't know about babies. Uh, I don't think it is, honestly. I mean, I, I, I think especially one year old and saying full sentences is pretty advanced, which I guess is why they want that as a benchmark for this exclusive pre-nursery school. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know much about babies, so, you know. I mean, my niece is just under a year. She's like 11 months, and she's just saying her first words. Yeah, exactly. That that seems normal to me, but sure. And I, yeah, my my sister thinks that I is she's behaving like that's normal, so I'm assuming that's fine. Smart. I don't know. I mean, she's related to me. My niece is, of course, a brilliant genius, and she's gonna be, you know, she's gonna pay well, for, pay for me when I'm retired and dying at a, some terrible home. <laughs> that's right. The the one child that your family has has to pay for all the old people. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maggie. My I I should say my niece's name is Maggie. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Maggie's behind. She gets rejected. It's sad. Um, but Lisa, back home, is playing with Maggie and testing her and, and seeing how smart she is. And Lisa discovers that Maggie is actually a secret genius. Mm, my baby has no future. Oh, Maggie will do just fine. She'll have plenty of money because she'll marry a grocer. Grocers don't make that much. Who steals from the till? Would you let me finish? Jeez. Maggie, you're as smart as any one of those kids. Come on. Did we ever turn off that shower nozzle? I'm taking you all out for tacos. Yay! Okay, for Malibu Stacy's beach party, we've got pita, hummus, tempeh, tofu. What other fun foods do we need? Ice? Did you do that? <laughs> okay, what's a good side dish? Rice? Why not caviar? Oh, my God, you're not just smart. You're brilliant. Mom! So, Maggie is very, very smart. She just can't talk. Yes, she's incredibly intelligent for a one-year-old. She understands that caviar is expensive. I'm pretty sure most children under five don't understand how much things cost. Or what caviar... Like, that, like the idea of, well, they know what caviar is. They understand the concept of money and the and what value is and why caviar is expensive like it's 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 a very complex idea especially for less for a one-year-old um so maggie's a genius so we take maggie back to the preschool where they give her a, a new test understanding that she can't talk but they let her you know they give her answers that ask her questions that don't require to speak necessarily and they discover in the end that maggie is the smartest Simpson child, period. Philippa, I think you should come in here. Your baby is brilliant. Why, she could already teach at Florida State. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah! Go, Seminoles! This better be important, Henry. I was choking on something. Meet Maggie Simpson, IQ 167. 167? That's amazing for a Christian. My IQ is only 159. Maggie's more intelligent than me? 
That's right, because 167 is a bigger number than 159. Do you see how that works? Yes, thank you. So our kids keep getting smarter. If we have another one, it could build a time machine which we could use to go back in time and not have any kids. All our children are smart. Some are just smarter than the others. Welcome to the others. Yeah! Uh-huh. Or perhaps that, you know, IQ is kind of made up and skewed towards rich white people. And also the fact that he says, oh, she has an IQ of 167 after she does some stuff with blocks and stuff. Like, you can't. It's trying to quantize something that is almost unquantizable. And not to mention the fact that it only measures one specific aspect of intelligence. So, yeah, good luck with that. I mean, I agree with you, Matt, but I do think that it's fine. It works for the episode of television. It's okay. Lisa's, Lisa's eight. She doesn't understand how, you know, necessarily, you know, complicated, you know, how, how complicated measuring intelligence is and how it's not necessary. It's not an easy thing because there's lots of different kinds. Um, I think it's, it, it's, it's really, it boils down to, I don't know, I, I saw some grouching about, People thinking that it makes Lisa Lisa goes off the deep end a little too much too quickly on this when she's challenged um, with her identity being usurped. Um, it, this episode reminds me a lot of the Brad Goodman episode mm-hmm. with, of, with it just being Lisa and stuff. Bart Bart loses his identity because everyone is a troublemaker all of a sudden because of Brad Goodman. And in this episode, Lisa loses her identity because she sees Maggie becoming, oh, Maggie's going to be the smart kid now. She's the smartest in the family. Um, I do think it goes a little fast uh, at at all this. I don't know. It it It's not like episode wastes a lot of time. I, there might be, you could probably cut away some of the museum stuff if you really wanted to. But I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not upset by it. I feel like the plot is, pr- is pretty sturdy for the most part. And... Well, yeah, there's there's no B plot or anything in this. It's all in service of the A plot. And the logical progression of what's happening absolutely makes sense. It just requires a little bit of a tweak to the characters. And that's going to rub some people the wrong way. I personally have no problem with the way this episode is playing out. Because especially for, as an eight-year-old who barely has a sense of self developed in, in real life, a real life eight-year-old have this, this could be a devastating thing, having to redo what they thought they were. Right. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be real, like realistic and like, oh, well, of course, Maggie is a baby. She has not immediately become the smart kid. You know, she's not, she hasn't, she can't even talk yet. She is going to be treated and, you know, as, as a gifted child, probably throughout the rest of her life, if this bore out in real life, but it doesn't matter. It's all what's taking place in Lisa's head. And, and I, you know, you can, I grew up much like Lisa as like a gifted child and was told, oh, you're the smart guy. And then whenever something happened that challenged that, I certainly felt, you know, it, it can challenge your idea self. So that I think it's totally fine with me. Um, but Lisa feels a little left out here. Um, I do appreciate the FSU jokes. Of course, because uh, they're not wrong. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up a Gators fan 
and and Matt went to UF. So we're, so, we're a little we're, we're I am I'm not I'm not really a biased. I'm not really a Gators fan anymore. But I still there's a, still a there. A, you grew up a Gators fan. You're you're like oh you, you, why do I hate FSU? I don't know. You just do. You hate FSU. You just do. That's right. <laughs> you, you po- even though you no longer care about the teams in any possible way, you still poke fun at them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> so go go Seminoles, as Homer would say. Uh, we go to commercial at six minutes and thirty four seconds, and when we come back, uh, we get uh, the Simpsons have received a giant package, a care package from the school of all kinds of fun new stuff. Uh, there are shirts that say "I'm with Smarter" and or they don't say "I'm a Smarter." Do they? What do they say? It's something along those lines. There's one for Maggie that says uh, "I'm with" or "She's jealous" or "She's smart" or something like that to point out the fact that obviously the baby is intelligent and no one else is. Uh, Lisa is, of course, uh, not only does Lisa very rarely even get attention, but this makes it even tougher for her. So she has decided that she needs a new identity. Sweetie, you seem so blue. Did the last of something die? No, Mom. It's just that I used to be the smart one. Now I don't know who I am. Well, I know who you are. And here's something to help you never forget. I already have one of those. Well, then, find a new identity. Hmm. Your mother's right, honey. Katie Couric didn't just become the world's most famous dwarf. She escaped from the circus and went for it. All right. If I'm second rate as the smart kid, I'll find a new raison d'etre. That still sounds like the smart kid. Right, right. So there are a couple things about this clip that I really enjoy. One is Marge trying to give Lisa a note that says you are Lisa Simpson, which obviously is a callback to Mr. Bergstrom, which she has framed next to her bed, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate Homer saying dwarf and not something more offensive. That seems like maybe it would have been an accident. Maybe somebody is actually listening on the Simpsons staff back in season 15. Am I missing? Why Katie Couric? I have no idea. I just I assumed that was a joke that went over my head. Uh, because last I checked, Katie Kirk wasn't that short. I mean, she's short-ish, but I mean, there's lots of women that are that short. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. She was at this time. She was still hosting today, so I don't know why. I don't know yeah, why they picked I mean, Katie Kirk. I don't know. Like, I don't think she's like notoriously a short lady. So I, I don't, and not even a mean lady. I don't think so. I've never gotten the idea yeah. that Katie Kirk's like a especially mean lady. No, no, I mean, I, I I don't know a lot about her. I mean, she was known for being super pleasant. That's the whole thing about today. It's like yeah. everyone's, it's all, it's a happy show. Like, it's all, look, get ready for your day. Go ahead, do stuff. I don't know. Um, what was uh, I going to say? Don't oh, the shirt, Matt. The shirts say, I'm a genius and I'm a jealous. Oh, that's what it was. It's got the alliteration gotcha. there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But only when they're right next to each other. Otherwise, the shirts just don't make sense. No, I mean, everyone's jealous of Maggie. Come on, Matt. That's true. Everyone's jealous of babies. They don't have the crushing responsibilities of the world weighing on their shoulders quite yet. I mean, Maggie does because she's a genius, but most babies. Well, it's true, but but you know, she doesn't uh, she doesn't have that weight quite yet. I, I doubt she understands the crushing weight upon her shoulders that a genius brings. I mean, she there is that time when she shot people to save Homer. Remember that? I I do remember that. Unfortunately. <laughs> She with a rifle. Not to mention has a superior physical dexterity for a child. She had a one. rifle. She shot mobsters. Remember that? Uh-huh. 
You like that? Uh, you I, like no, that? I, mean, I don't remember that. I, I know we haven't gotten to that one yet, but I'm pretty sure that episode's not canon. No, that definitely that definitely happened. I'm pretty sure I remember it very distinctly happening. Mm-hmm. Robbie, I think you're making things up. I think you're <laughs> interpreting your dreams as Simpsons episodes. My dreams are, do not include the Simpsons. No, oh, well, that's probably a good thing because you get enough of it in your actual life. Anyway, uh, I was also like to point out the fact that this episode is really good in its portrayal of Lisa. Um, but I worry at times that it uh, brings up the idea that, oh, your identity has to come from something you were naturally gifted with. And I think that is a, uh, a deleterious uh, attitude for society to have. Uh, it's more of what you work toward uh, and how hard you work that is will determine how successful you are in life, not just what you are given. It has to be a little bit of both. And I, I think that's a little of oversimplification uh, to have this be lisa's personality is oh she's the smart one and no lisa is smart she's a buddhist she's vegetarian like all of these things that she could be working toward but i understand that for the core conceit of the episode to work this has to be how it has to go so i'm okay with it but i wish i feel like they could have tried a few more of these things because what's going to happen now is that she's going to try being a stand-up comedian no one likes her jokes because they're bad uh and then she's going to move on to being the goth girl uh which yeah what are you now lisa an oakland raiders fan it's called goth eternally clueless one my new name is raven crow never smiles cool we can be goth together we'll go to the cemetery and summon the dark lord by kissing and junk (laughs) okay but first you must apprentice by kissing the goddess ironica uh who lives in this rock do it for an hour, hour and a half. Yes, my mistress. That's not disturbing at all, but okay. Uh, Lisa also tries cheerleading uh, to be a soccer player and finally a cowgirl. Uh, and, and no one really likes any of these personalities of hers. I assume mainly because she does them very performatively and never sticks with them for more than a few minutes, it seems like. I could be wrong. Uh, we also get a scene of Nelson teasing Lisa on the bus, uh, which... I, okay. This scene, uh, I, I, I want to point this out, Matt. I'm really upset you didn't pull this because I really enjoyed this clip. I, I like this, this, really? l- this little bit a lot because okay. Nelson, Nelson messes with Bart and makes Bart roll around on the ground uh, because Bart says, "I wish I was a baby" because babies get to roll around on the ground. And Nelson makes him do it and laughs. And Nelson, uh, I think, calls Lisa gay. And then Lisa says, "Well, a lot of people who uh, use, you know." Who are homophobic? Hughes of others of being homosexual are just secretly hiding themselves. And Nelson, having no comeback, jumps out of the bus. And I thought that was hilarious. I, I enjoyed that a lot. And he says, "Bullies rule." As he, yeah, as he, that was, the, that, that was my favorite part of this entire scene. It's him going, "Bullies rule." <laughs> he doesn't. He, right, he's no, like, ah, "I have no answer to this." Uh oh, bye bye. And he just jumps out of the bus. Very good. It's good. I like it. It's good. It's all right. Um, so uh, we then see Lisa when she's hanging out with Maggie start to try and attempt to sabotage her, telling her, oh, no, that's not how you spell something. That's a dog. Uh, I forget what it was. Uh, octogenarian, also, Matt. Octogenarian. Yes. She says that octogenarian is how w- the word for dog. Uh, Marge, of course, catches Lisa in this and makes her feel bad, as obviously she it should, because, you know, you don't you shouldn't make yourself feel better by making other people feel bad that's not how you know happiness works for people or society 
so I'm really glad that March catches her and, and basically scolds her and says, no, this is not how it works. You have to, you know, you have to make yourself happy. It's not going to help you have other people be miserable with you. Miserably does love company, but then everyone's miserable and that's not good for anybody. Um, so the way we get this is through an old movie, Perry, which Robbie has identified as whatever happened to baby Jane, which I have never Matt, seen. Before. How what are you? Are you? Come, you should see whatever happened to baby Jane. It's a good movie. It's 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 it's, 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 it's creepy. It's scary as hell. Well, I do enjoy creepy movies more so than it, you know, I mean, it has other it, horror movies. it's like it's two aging starlets, uh, two sisters who were both in their ways movie stars uh basically ruining each other's lives oh well that sounds like fun it's it's upsetting i'll say it's a very upsetting movie uh (laughs) it's joe crawford betty davis um who in real life didn't like each other and now they play sisters who who hate each other in uh in the movie and they are eating they're just chewing scenery going crazy you should see it's good and i I really like lisa and it fits really well for this for the for this like uh homage this well reference we'll have to add this to our simpsons cinema list. I, it's, I don't know if it's worth watching just for like a scene from an episode either way uh the scene we get is when lisa throws maggie down the stairs because maggie no longer or still doesn't talk and is in a wheelchair and I, I guess to exemplify the fact that she does not walk pretty much on her own no it's, it's reference it's a reference to the movie there's the, oh the the whole bit is that one of the sisters is disabled and is in a wheel and is in a wheelchair but her bedroom's upstairs and so she's effectively like trapped with she's trapped in this house with her sister oh, whose sister has to take care of her and her sister is trapped because she has to take care of her disabled sister so there's like this dichotomy going on and they both hate each other regardless of all that stuff so ties back into the film well how about that mhm so yes uh, at this point, Lisa decides that she just cannot be happy uh, living in Maggie's shadow anymore, so she decides to run away. And that is how we end the act. Do you ever run away when you were a child, Matt? I don't believe so. Uh, if so, I never got further than the end of the street before I decided to turn around. Yeah, I didn't really ever really run away. I went and hid for a little while, like at times, but never far away. You know, I never went like, oh, I'm going to go live a new life somewhere. No, I live down in the woods. There's nowhere to go. Where am I going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Um, we come back from commercials, 13 minutes, solid, even, coming back. Um, and the police uh, are are at the, the Simpsons' house, called in to try and go find Lisa, um, who is actually found at the museum. Lisa's gone! You have to find her! Why can't you just accept the fact that Lisa is old enough to take care of herself? Back off and let her live her life. But she's only eight. Oh, I thought you said 80. Uh, Well, we'll get right on it. Now, this may not be the best time, but I'm supposed to give you this survey rating the effectiveness of the Springfield Police Department. Somewhat satisfied. I see. Well, maybe I'll just somewhat find your daughter. Huh? Fine. Extremely satisfied. Looking good, boys. Now let's go get some smoothies. Oh, I'm tired. I'm hungry. Red plastic sandals are not great running away shoes. (gasps) Air conditioning, water fountains, dioramas, and I'll never run into my family here. It's the perfect place to start a new life. It's really sad how that 
representation of police is more accurate than uh, any of us would really like. Oh, only somewhat satisfied. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll only somewhat do our jobs. Oh, hey, turns out there's less crime when you only somewhat do your job. Weird. Um. So Lisa's at the History Museum, which I, absolutely air conditioning, very good. Mm-hmm. That's a, a definitely a charm of museums. V- good air conditioning. I do want to point something out, Matt. That she is hungry. She doesn't have any money, and so she waits by an entrance to like a theater or something and they're taking food off of people before they go in and comic book guy has food underneath his shirt he's trying to smuggle it in the i believe it's a squeaky mm-hmm. voice teen who's there as the guard makes him take it out from under his shirt throw it away including a slice of pizza that was just under his shirt against his body yep and lisa picks it out of the trash and eats it in front of us Mm-hmm. she's hungry uh, gross i gross doesn't begin to describe it not only do we have you know pizza a comic book guy being stereotyped because obviously he's a heavyset fellow and a geek uh he just he has to have food on him at all times also lisa eating that is really gross i mean come on that's what aluminum foil is there for i I don't. Yeah, I don't know why it's. I, I don't know why we we needed to see Lisa eat pizza that was smuggled in under comic book guy's shirt. Whatever. Um, there's a lot of museum stuff that happens here because uh, Lisa's basically we just get like Lisa living at the museum for a bit. At least overnight, there's at least one night passes because she is everyone. We we see everyone clear out, and she's just wandering around going through their different exhibits. We see her in like with the astronauts and cavemen, and they do all the different. We get a lot of history joke, like history museum jokes, both with her and then with uh, the police later on. Um, she ends up falling. There is a, there is a gag in here. I couldn't really pull a clip because it's mostly a sight gag, but she is she ends up sleeping. They have a huge scale model of the human body. Um, not even what's a reverse of a scale? Is it still a scale model when it's gigantic? Uh, I mean, it's a scale model. Yes. So I mean, it's based on. Uh, everything is in proportion, so yes. Okay. Still I was just wondering if scale model specifically refers to things smaller than the, yeah. the thing it's modeling, but it's bigger, but it's is proportional as far as I could tell. Uh, but Lisa ends up sleeping on the tongue. Uh, there's a, the gag is she starts she pulls out a picture of the family and starts m- insulting them, and then she looks down and realizes she's on the bitter part of the tongue. She rolls over to the the, the sweet side, and so and she starts crying. I I'm a sucker. I'll take it, Matt. I I'll take that gag. It's not like a brilliant oh, guy sure. or anything, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but she falls asleep on the tongue. This is where the cops find her stuff, bring it to the family, where they're have this stuff is have we seen? It feels like I've seen that we've seen this before, where Wiggum is driving a motorcycle, a sidecar, and both mm-hmm. Eddie and Lou are in the sidecar. Have we seen this before? I, we have we have not seen that. I know we have definitely seen uh, either Eddie or Lou driving and Wiggum in the sidecar. But so not Wiggum is, driving with Eddie and Lou both in the sidecar? as far as I know. Okay. I don't remember it, but it feels very familiar. Switching up their jokes. Well, so, yeah. I would say this episode is not hilarious. It has good, solid humor, though. And I think I'm okay with that because the plot mostly makes sense. And it has an A plot and only an A plot. It doesn't try and <laughs> muddy the waters with a lot of random crap going on. It's mostly on topic. 
So the family realizes, oh, she's at the museum. They're going to go find her. So they go to the museum, We and we finally get, okay, everyone's in the same place. But then the family goes into the big scale model, the big model of the body, which is effectively the big action, the set piece that ends this episode, where Maggie is jamming on a bunch of buttons, and it ends up getting the family swallowed by this big model, and then they're trapped inside this body, and Maggie's going to have to push the right buttons to get them out, and Lisa has to coach her through it. Because the family's in danger. They're going to die inside this big body. And this is probably my biggest problem in this episode. Because how did the family get down? Like, how does that model normally work? That is actually my... Yeah, right. Because do they throw some kind of plastic food representation in there? Because it feels like humans shouldn't be in there. Yeah, like, there wouldn't... You wouldn't have people go into the mouth. Like, you wouldn't have people in there at all. It would just be, here is a big... Thing that shows you how food gets digested but you wouldn't have people in there because you're not going to get swallowed they're not going to have people get moved through the fake digestive system so like they, and they didn't there's no barriers or anything they just walked in and then maggie pushed a couple buttons and they got swallowed it's still okay but it's a very like what why is this the thing we have and like why is it I don't know. It, I think it is again. Just what rewatching Bart gets an F, Matt. <laughs> where yeah. where the end of that episode is all Bart has to do is pass the test. That's all there is. It's not some big action set piece. It's not cr- some crazy set of circumstances. It's not some weird new place. Oh, we're at a museum. We're at like you know. It's just Bart at school trying to pass the test, and it makes me go like, why they couldn't have Lisa and Maggie have like a a more no- under more normal circumstances we couldn't reveal that maggie is not actually that intelligent for a baby like we couldn't have that moment at any point we have to have it at a museum where the family has gotten swallowed by a gi- giant fake body and maggie and lisa have to save their lives and you're like why are the stakes so high in this episode about lisa trying to find her identity <laughs> it doesn't make any like i don't know think you have to go like Mortal danger doesn't need to be in every episode. Like, you don't have to endanger your family, the, our family, in every single episode. But, I... Maggie and Lisa work together, though, Matt. There's a bunch of buttons, and she has to push the one that makes pushes them through out the butt, I guess. Uh, they get pooped out um, through, and she pushes the right buttons. They get out, and they're fine! They're okay! You might be suing that museum after this. That'd be my... Probably, because it, it seems like it, it was really easy for them to, you know, get in there. Yeah, uh, like, that seems... I very... mean, at least they didn't fall to the ground from where they were on that catwalk, because that seems like, uh, it was like even three, worse. It was like three stories. It was really high. Yeah. Um. So everyone's safe. Everyone's happy. And then we get what is effectively the ending of the episode, where it's revealed why and how Maggie has been so smart. I'm sorry I ran off. Being second to Maggie's not so bad. But why didn't Maggie press the right button till I told her to? I believe I can answer that. Why'd you get in here? Your butler let us in. Play along. I'll explain later. I'm afraid your daughter is no longer welcome at our school. She's as common as an angry woman in an Ibsen play. <laughs> Zing! Let's just watch the tape, monkey man. 
Whenever Maggie is asked a question, she looks over at Lisa. How many eyes do you have? Go on, Maggie. You can do it. Now rotate and magnify. <gasps> I don't remember doing that. I would never cheat. Perhaps, but subconsciously you wanted her to succeed. Watch. Here you're telling her the answer is no. Here the solution is a square. Here you're telling her the answer is California condor. So Maggie's not a genius? She could be. At sweeping up hair. <laughs> That's my baby jerk! <coughs> oh. You call that a punch? I felt it, but it was like, so what? <coughs> oh. Again with the nose. I have a chin, you know. <coughs> oh. Oh. Don't worry, sir. The maid and I will take him out to the curb. Come on, come on. You promised me no one would get hurt. I don't care what they say, Maggie. To me, you're brilliant. Not for babies. That's Maggie playing the saxophone at the end, just to be clear. Yes, and obviously Maggie can't be a saxophone uh, virtuoso, because Lisa is. <laughs> um, okay, Matt, here's the question. Mm -hmm. Do you accept the episode pulling this trick on us? Where it says, we never see it. You know, like, there's no... There's no hinting at this. There's no, like, it is never a, like, we, we, the audience, never get even a clue or a hint that Lisa's secretly providing these answers to Maggie. It is presented to us at face value just as Lisa is seeing it, as if Maggie is this smart, she has not been clued into these answers. Is that okay with you? Honestly, it is one of the least offensive things The Simpsons has done in season 15, so I'm going to be okay with it. I'm actually more disturbed by the fact that Barney and Mo are the the maid and the butler for some reason that's never ever explained. Um, but I don't know. It just seems cheap. Uh, but it seems like a quick way to wrap up and get back to the status quo. Which honestly, the way The Simpsons have been going ever since the Scully years, that's better than just not explaining it. But I feel like they didn't have to explain it. They could have just been like, oh, uh, you know. Maggie is intelligent, but she's not a genius, and, and, you know, she's learning from Lisa, so you need to have Lisa spend more time with her. They could have ended the episode that way and have it be sweet instead of being like, oh, we're just going to explain this away, even though it's obvious that Maggie is very intelligent. She's just not an absolute genius. I think I'm I, – I mean, I like the explanation. I like that the – oh, I like that it's – oh, it's Lisa's actually been subconsciously giving Maggie answers. And Maggie loves her sister. She looks to her for 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 those answers. I like that. It it you know it it ties them together. I don't like the fact that they don't clue you in on it. Like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. They don't have to spell it out like Maggie does with his blocks. But they. I feel like you are obligated to hint at it at different times. Hint. Yeah. At, there needs to be a reason. Like oh, Maggie's not smart when Lisa's not around. Kind of thing. We need at least something in order for us to see this coming otherwise it's you know it's a Shyamalan-esque yeah like get like that, that is a good idea Matt like having a single scene where Maggie is being tested but Lisa's not there or you have Maggie being tested by something and she fails a couple times and then Lisa shows up and then Maggie's fine again and that that gives us like oh okay and you're like well what does that mean and maybe at the time you don't realize it, but then when it's revealed, oh, Lisa's actually the person giving answers, you go, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. And why are Mo and Barney here? 
like again it's the, the mo and barney as a butler and a maid don't add anything no it's just confusing and stupid and it's a it's a family guy cutaway gag basically it's net it's a net negative why on earth would you include this in your the end of your episode like that's and it's these things like this episode's solid i don't i hesitate i'm not gonna use the word good but it's solid above average and the things that drag it down are this like why are mo and barney here at the end of your episode where you're trying to get this huge point across about lisa and maggie and establish their their relationship and kind of have a uh you know this a sweet ending and then you get the you get the little i like the little coda with maggie playing the saxophone and lisa taking it away i like that a lot that's very good why are you including bo and barty in this they're not in this episode at all and suddenly they're dressed like a butler and a maid and you have them like really lame gags like this hurts your episode overt like it is Every almost everything else in this episode is extremely focused and about Lisa and Maggie, and then you're just like, oh, here's Mo and Barney. Like, well, why? It's it's indulgent. That's the thing. Like, you read you you look at this and you're like, this is just some writer who think some team of writers who think, oh, this is real, we're funny, so we're gonna throw some gags in here at the end. I'm like, you're not funny. Um, I do appreciate Homer punching Simon Cow, uh, who's kind of a jerk. And definitely deserves it. Yeah. So that made me feel good. I'll say that. Um, I know his name is Henry, but whatever. It's Simon Cow. Come on. Yeah, they just wanted a guy who's like Simon Cow, but um, I don't know. This episode is, I I don't, would you describe this episode as good, Matt? I don't know. It's it's definitely not bad, I would say. There are several negatives, uh, as we have pointed out. But none of them are particularly egregious. I mean, if I was comparing this to the rest of season 15, I would say, no, it's not bad. It's it's pretty decent. I just hesitate to call it good because it doesn't really add anything. We get a, a nice uh, competition between Lisa and Maggie, even though Lisa is the only one who's actually treating it as such. And that's a really good you know, uh, explanation of her character. But it's just dragged down in, in too many ways to be called good. Yeah, there's a lot of I don't know. It's not that it's. It's not bad. It has laughs. There are just, it just feels like there's something missing. There's just like that half step they need to take. The thing, the little, the, the weird body, the weird thing with the big body at the end, the Moe and Barney appearing, the, the, the weird Homer Bart water fight at the beginning. Like it doesn't, those little things are like, ugh, not, come on guys, just a li- little bit better, like a little bit more, you can do it. You don't have to. Oh, you can't. Okay, it's all right. I mean, it, I I still would. This episode's like leagues better than last week's episode. Like I like that's the thing about last week's episode was that a plot was really great. The b plot was just miserable. This is better than that. Like the a plot in that is better than this, but overall, this is a a much better episode because it doesn't have that complete misery dragging it down. Um, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? There you got it. Good, good job, Matt. You figured it out. No, I don't think so. I don't think this episode's broken. I think it's no, fine. It's got some. It's got some parts where it could it could be improved. Jettison, uh, Bo, and Barney for one, and get rid of the, the the toilet fight at the beginning. But you know, it, it has at its core a good episode that I, I think could have been better. Get rid of the toilet fight. No need for a toilet fight anytime, unless no. it's the core of the episode. No, toilet fights are not necessary for the most part. Ninety nine percent of the time, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing broken about this. It works. It works pretty well. It's just there's weird 
it has flaws, but that's that's different. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forum and see what people thought about the episode after it came out. Um, very positive, huh? Unsurprisingly, very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, we got 23%, give it a 5 out of 5, 46%, 4 out of 5, 22%, 3 out of 5. So that's over 90% think this is a 3 to 5 out of 5 average to great episode, which is not surprising. It's very, it's coherent and competent. And I think at this point, if it's if the episode does those both those things, it's going to get good reviews. That's where we're at. That's all it takes. All it takes. Coherent and competent. The two C's. That's what I always say. Is it now? That's what you always say. Our first review uh, I pulled is a five out of five. What an amazing episode. Everything was done right. There was emotion and no stupid penis jokes. What I liked. Uh, the Mr. Bergstrom letter. Ho, uh, ma- er, oh, we didn't talk about the frog, Matt. You didn't talk about the frog. The, fo- the the phonics oh the phonics frog the phonics frog that was one of the better parts of the episode how could you, that was you neglected funny. to mention the phonics frog how dare you I'm the Maggie worst. gets a phonics frog that has all the different letters and Homer uses it and he makes his name Homer er he also hits it when he's and he uses it to talk to Lisa and tells her how disappointed he is um welcome to the others resolve the story Maggie playing the sax Wiggum Lou and Eddie in the museum which we get a lot of history museum jokes Wiggum Lou and Eddie there at the end. Uh, what I didn't like? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This episode was perfect. Set up some more of those, Mr. Gene. Five out of five. Perfect. It's a perfect episode. Perfect. I don't... Hmm. People... You shouldn't use the word perfect so much. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any piece of art I would describe. Like, okay, there's a few. But very few things I would describe as perfect. There's not... Right? Like, it's just... That it's, means, it's like... too loaded of a word. It means it gives you, like... Like, that. Like it's like it, euphoria. Delivers euphoria and bliss. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, that's what it takes. Uh, next review. I gave it a four out of five. I enjoyed it. I didn't laugh as much as I was like as a, as much as I would like, but it was I was interested. Cal wasn't overused. I did like Simon Cal making fun of the closing credits. Didn't mention that as well. There was Simon Cal roasting the credits. I did not include that in a clip because I didn't think it was that funny, honestly. It reminded me of Homer during Bart Star. Is there really need for three of these guys? Simon referring to Graining Brooks and Simon. I also like more producers just when I need and more like Nancy Cart wrong. Well, interesting episode, I suppose. First act was fairly excellent. Second act was meh. Third act was all right. Doing a little, although a little strange. Didn't, don't really know what to think of this episode to tell you the truth. As a few others have mentioned, the plot needs to seem a little contrived. Found it hard to believe that Lisa would act in such an extreme of the situation. Explanation for why Maggie was so smart was fairly lame as well. Just didn't see the point of the whole ending contradicting itself. Seems strange. Simon Cowell's appearance wasn't that terrible and surely wasn't shoved down the viewer's throat. C plus for this one, I suppose, fairly up and down episode. So that's a five out of five, a four out of five, a C plus. And finally, I can't believe the glowing reviews for this episode. I felt many of the jokes fell flat on their face. Totally forgettable. Blah. One out of five. One out of five. Oof. That's a bit rough, even for us. One out of five. Yeah, it's not the funniest episode, but one out of five. Mm-hmm. Some people just want jokes, man. They don't want anything else. They don't care. They don't care about plot. They don't care about story. They don't care about character. They just want jokes. They think Homer wearing a bear suit with his butt hanging out is hilarious. To be fair, I also think that's hilarious. Hard for I don't know. I'm a I'm a sucker. Give me give me Homer's butt hanging out of a bear suit. Anti bear suit, I suppose. It's not really a bear. <laughs> anti bear suit. It's an yes, anti bear suit. He's not dressed like a bear with his butt hanging out. But 
that's also funny. <laughs> idea, the idea. That's also funny. That's, that's, that's uh, generic. That's, that's, that's uh, bears' butts don't hang out like that. Bears' butt. I mean, bear not butt, as furry as they could be. A bear's butt does not look like a human butt. <laughs> that's my sign. I'm gonna let, let I mean, me shade it. Let, let, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me get my science book off the shelf here. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up. Let me flip to the right page. All right, right. I'm at the bear page. Nope. Bear butt looks way different than human butt. Science. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your favorite Ralph quote? Oh, it's so happy. It makes me so happy reading these quotes all week. It was always just like just nice reminders of cute, innocent, fun little Ralph. Uh, Matt, take it. All right. We're going to start with Lauren. Uh, oh, Ralph has so many, but the one that has a place in my heart is set and said by most by my mom for various reasons. My cat's breath smells like cat food, which, yes, yes, it does. Pretty much always. Uh, from Alex, I saw Principal Skinner, Mrs. Grubopla in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and one of the babies looked at me. <laughs> oh lord uh from benjamin the doctor said i wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if i kept my finger out of there which is probably true you know uh from kevin and when the doctor said i didn't have worms anymore that was the happiest day of my life to be I fair i imagine that's true to be fair yeah if someone told me hey you to don't be got, fair to be fair you don't have worms anymore it's pretty good that's that's probably don't true. know i definitely uh, don't know that from personal experience definitely nope Robbie has never had worms. Nope. He's had parasites, but not specifically worms. Totally different uh, thing, Tim. guys. Totally different thing. All right. Uh, from Tim, if mommy's purse didn't belong in the microwave, why did it fit? I, I That must be from manure season because I don't remember that one off the top of my well, head. Well, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I dispute that this is a Ralph quote at all. This is some Buddhist philosopher, probably, I feel like. <laughs> uh, from Gun Griffin, uh, me fail English. That's impossible. I have to imagine that was like the number one most many a lot of these there's a lot of repeats man a lot of it's not just this is this is popular but there's a lot of them that are i include i I included some doubles in here at times because i just wanted to demonstrate that but yeah yeah exactly uh from matthew uh what's a battle did that child just say what's a battle (laughs) oh uh from anthony i'm not sure if this counts because it's from the family guy app but when he's in the back of the bus and says i'm in danger gets me every time uh, that has become such a popular meme, especially in 2020, that uh, I, I think that might be one of Ralph's most n- well-known quotes in the entirety of the se- series. Uh, from Matt, Eric, 83, me fail English, that's impossible. Again, we see lots of those. Uh, at Chris Spankles, hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. Again, if it, just so you know, guys, I don't know if Rob's going to have to believe this, but there is a great subreddit called R Simpsons Posting that is fantastic and it has some of the most creative people i have ever seen and that was one of their go-tos for quite a while um but uh there's also the dud and lemons and it's just wonderful you guys enjoy the simpsons please check out that subreddit it's great uh from our good friend andrew bloom at the andrew blog slow down bart my legs don't know how to be as long as yours he's just so sweet and innocent about it and that is absolutely true that is the the quintessential ralph uh, from at Jaden Lebrun, uh, Prince Skipper Skipple, Prince Dimple Skimster, I found something. <laughs> oh, little Ralph. Um, from at Nicole Fiore, 14, I'm learning, aren't we all? Especially this year. From at Deviled Egg Salad, oh boy, sleep, that's where I'm a Viking. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, from at Eugene R. McGrath, uh, I ate of the purple berries. They taste like burning. Lots of things taste like burning these days. 
uh, from at catch some J. I beat the smart kids. I beat the smart. Oh, I bet my Wookiee uh, from at D Coruscant. Uh, go banana. Uh, yeah. And uh, I believe our last one from Wol Otanya's. Uh, you look baloney. Which, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Robbie, what's your favorite uh, Ralph quote? Um, I, my heart. My heart. It's, it's, I'm torn. Because, you know. It's I, hard, right? There's so many good ones. There's a lot of really good ones. Ralph is, is a great one-liner machine. But the one that I keep. The one I use the most is just go banana. It's just very much like <laughs> it's, it, it. I just love that meme. Like Ralph is also great for memes. He's 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 made a lot of them over the years. And go banana is my favorite. Go team orange. Go team apple. Go, go banana. banana. <laughs> That's, it's just beautiful. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your answer, Matt? Uh, my answer is uh, see, it says choo choo choose, and there's a picture of a train. Just because it's Ralph being uh, just so sweet and endearing to the fact that no one gave him a a, uh, a Valentine's. And, and it's just, it's wonderful. I love Ralph being sweet. Although a close runner up was, that's where I saw the leprechaun. He told me to burn things. <laughs> just, you know, the darker side of Ralph. I, well. uh, I don't, I don't, I don't support that. I don't, I don't condone dark Ralph. I don't like dark Ralph. I like, Aww. I don't like dark Ralph. I, I, Ralph can be troubled. I don't want pyro pyromaniac Ralph. Okay, I don't want that in my life. Right, he's fair. not. He's not canon to me in my head. Canon. He doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite Chief Wiggum quote? Or we're going. We're going from son to father for oh, next boy. week. There's a lot of good Wiggum. There's quotes. a lot. Of, there's a lot of good Wiggum quotes. Uh, well, I'll post this question on our Twitter. It's at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com and I'll post this question on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. Uh, it'll be posted publicly, so you do not have to uh, support us to answer it if you don't like to. Uh, we can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy one medium and one hard trying to stop the other we're tied 26 to 26 so far this season we're just over halfway through the season i'm a little worried i don't think mine are, are tough enough today but well, uh, i like them so i'm gonna stick with them uh, okay give me an easy question start us off all right your easy question what singer does mr burns kidnap to impress marge in marge gets a job i assume you're familiar with um why can't it oh god Give me one second, Matt. I need to look something up. Are your questions also for March gets a job? Because if so, you have to be spying on me. No, it's it's no. I'm okay. I'm not like John Mulaney. I was trying to remember John Mulaney's name. I assume ah. you know the what's new pussycat joke. Do you know the that song? what's yes? No, no. Oh my god! You have never have you never heard the John Mulaney bit about what? Tom Jones or what's new pussycat? No, and I've seen all of his specials. This is an old. It's like when he when he was relatively unknown. It was when he was just more getting started i think it's when he's like one of his oh, first okay. comedy special comedy central specials but tom jones yes the answer is tom jones but there's a bit about tom mulaney john dom tommy john mulaney tells a bit about them going to a diner and there's a jukebox in the diner and they what's new pussycat is in the jukebox and they have it they queue up what's new pussycat nine times in a row wow and then 
for the tenth song, they put in "It's Not Unusual," <laughs> and then song eleven, "What's New Pussycat Again?" So they, they what? It's a great bit. Everyone should look that up. It's way better than what I can do justice. But that's all I think about now. I don't even think about Tom Jones or The Simpsons. When I think about Tom Jones, I think about John Mulaney. What's new, Pussycat? It's not unusual. But it's not unusual for Robbie to get the trivia question right. Banana, nana, nana. I... All right. What's my easy question? <laughs> uh, Lisa struggles with what class in Little Girl in the Big Ten? Little Girl in the Big Ten. Oh, uh, Jim. That is correct. Physical education. Yes, PE. Whatever you want to call it. All right, your medium question. What is the name of the foundation company that fixed the Simpson house in Marge Gets a Job? Split level foundation? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Surly Joe's. Surly? Surly? Uh, I know. I, I, Surly I, Joe? I had to look that up myself because I was because I kept remembering Stern Lecture Plumbing. And I'm like, well, it's obviously not that because it's not a plumbing problem. Which episode? Marge Gets a Job. Marge Gets a Job. Don't they have... I'm, Okay, I, I there's so, the only foundation repair in town. Oh, all right, that's that's the after joke. Homer tries to fix it himself. Right. Okay, uh, Matt, your meaning question. Bart contracts what virus in Little Girl in the Big Ten? Oh, um, no, that's a different episode. <laughs> yeah, there's Amoria flew by. He contracts a lot because uh, he's in the bubble. Um, oh man, what virus is it? It's not the hot. No, I, I have no idea. It's not the Honda virus. It's not Amoria phlebitis. It is a lot of strange diseases. It's the panda virus. Oh, that's right, because his sores are shaped like pandas. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. Your hard question. Mm. What is Bart's sideshow name for the Simpson house? And what is its star attraction? Sideshow name for the Simpson house? Yeah, he's he's doing carnival barking on the side of the house. He goes, check out the. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I don't, Matt, you could be, I don't remember any of I like, this is, I don't believe this is real. You just made this up. This can't be real. I don't remember it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, the answer is the slanty shanty. And see, Q-Ball, the man with no hair. Oh, oh right. he's hideous. Oh, right. I re- okay, I remember now that you say it, I remember it. Yeah, right. But my brain ain't gonna, I don't, I feel like I'm getting dumber every day actively nah. like my brain is just melting out my ears i don't I mean, know if that's society is so you're not le- deviating from the norm i don't want that though that's bad man i want to stay me please all right your hard question in little girl in the big 10 where does lisa attend the robert pinsky reading oh what is the name of the, the coffee shop mm-hmm. I, I i have no idea i'm not gonna waste your time oh it's really good though i'm sure it is cafe kafka that's right i think we talked about that in the episode Cafe uh, Kafka. Love me some Kafka. Oh, that weirdo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that tremendous, insane person. He wrote some great books. Uh, Cafe Kafka. It's a, it's a, I, it's a very, like the alliteration, the, the, that's, it's, it's, I, it's charming. I like that a lot. Uh, Matt and I are both dumb. That's fine. Uh, we, we are still tied 27 to 27 after this week, but that's okay. So this is what this, this, what this uh, podcast has done to me. It just made me happy with ties. I just go like, oh, tie. I'm happy. So I'm so stupid. Uh, yes, you're so stupid. You're just tied with me. I'm pretty dumb, Matt. Sometimes. I feel like it. <laughs> um, we can. You've listened to this podcast enough. You're probably like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, pretty. That's right. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. So I'm going to end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode 
Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. You watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks on this one, Matt. Um, it's, it, this episode's above average. It's all right. It's not quite good. But it's not terrible. No, it's not bad. I I'm looking at around like the 200 high the low 200s like from like under um, I think it's better than Realty Bites is at 220 I see that just random looking at that I think it's better than Realty Bites okay uh, I would agree because uh, like we said this had a a very uh good idea for a plot there's no B plot to you know take away from that it's just got some weird jokes that kind of detract from it that pull you out of, of the the cadence of the episode essentially and you know it, it could have been better overall but it's not terrible I mean, honestly, I would probably put it uh, above New Kids on the Black. I mean, that was just abstract nuttiness, quite frankly. That's up at 208. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what Day of the Jackanapes is about. Uh, it's a Sideshow Bob episode. Oh, right. It's the one where he has... Uh, he brainwashes Bart, Manchurian Candidate stuff. Right. Um, I think it's better than that. And we get a bunch of, yeah. then we have a slew of kind season of like one. season one, season two stuff. I think it's I mean, better. I mean, has got a brand new badge, our Maggie shooting people uh, one. <laughs> Is it better than that? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think I'm just, yeah, I, I, well. I think it's better than that. I think it's better than Diatribe of a Mouse, Mad Housewife. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's this, the, the next big round block that it's going to have trouble with. Like, it, yeah, these are, you know. Simpson Delilah, Barfer's Thanksgiving, Margin Chains. I mean, maybe Simpson and Delilah, but I think Bart versus Thanksgiving is really only this low because of, uh, you know, it was season two and they were still getting their their you know feet wet on who the characters were. I mean, honestly, I I don't think this is better than Bart versus Thanksgiving. It's a good idea, but I think the execution is lacking. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Bart versus Thanksgiving it is a season two episode. It's a, it's rough around the edges and it. I don't know. It's a little simplistic at times, you know, and I don't know that I feel like sometimes things that we would have been like when you compare season two episode versus like a season six episode, season seven episode, season seven episode does all the things the Bard vs. Thanksgiving does and it does everything else better. It's funnier. It is more. It, it has a better handle on the characters. It's more clever. It has a lot more net depth and nuance to the jokes. And it's, I wouldn't call them simple. Like season seven, even season eight episodes are not simple anymore. They're they're getting kind of complex, but they work. But then you get to the episodes like this, smart and smarter, where they are more complex, but that everything works. Like they want to make it more a more complex episode, but they can't either for for right. whatever reason. They try and do all these things, and parts fall off. It's like a car driving down the road and lug nuts are bouncing off the asphalt oh dear not lug nuts that's well you need them they keep your tires on uh that it, it's that kind of feeling you're like well Bartvis thanksgiving is very simple and it, and it's executed well and because it's simple it's not there's not a lot of moving parts this is more complex but it doesn't operate completely correct because it has all those moving parts and we're at a kind of a crossroads where we have to decide like the simple episode executed really well is that better than this more complicated episode that is executed Eh, you know like there's things that are weird or why do they have this big weird ending like there's lots of those questions and you're like i think at a certain point while we were doing this 
we were like, oh, it's it has more stuff going on. You know, that's why it's above season two episodes. Like, oh, look, it's not like these. There's a lot of season two episodes right in here where it's like, oh, those are. It's like kind of charming how simple it is. Like Bart the Daredevil, it's like a very simple episode idea where Bart wants to jump. <laughs> he wants to jump a gorge with his skateboard and Homer stops him. That's all it is. That's all that happens in this in that episode. Or three men in a comic book where three friends argue over a comic book over the course of one night. That's all that happens. Where in this episode, like Maggie goes to a preschool and we find out that she's a secret genius and Lisa gets jealous. Lisa has to find a new identity. Lisa runs away. The family has to go rescue her. The family gets in trouble. Lisa and Maggie rescue them. We find out that like there's all these steps to all this stuff going on. It's a lot more moving parts. Like I know that's and it's that is more difficult to get a handle on and it's harder to write. But does that mean it's better? I think we're at I think we are both at the point where we're like, maybe just give us that simple thing again. Executed well. <laughs> just do the simple one again. Go back to that. You know, nice and like watching Bart gets it F again. Coming back to it. It's a it's a very simple idea, but it worked. I, I think I would put this just – I would put this – I think I'm going to – I'll do this, man. I think I'd put it above Simpson and Delilah, but below Bart vs. Thanksgiving. I'm perfectly okay with that. I think that's where I'd put it. Um, I need to watch Marge and Chains again. I, 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 that's one of those – that's one of the classic episodes that I've just never mm-hmm. watched a lot. And I've kind of – I don't know it as well as – a lot of the Golden Year episodes. Smarter and Smarter is new number one ninety eight on our list. Um, right below Bart, Bart vs Thanksgiving, right above Simpson and Delilah. We have another important question to answer, Matt, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the canon? The canon. The canon. The canon. The canon. The canon. Um. I I think this episode is a part of the canon. Yeah, there's no reason for it not to be. Honestly, I I, I think there we over the years there have been a lot of talk about Lisa and about Maggie and how smart she is and how she's a secret genius baby. And I think that is this episode is indirectly kind of talking. He wants to like write an episode about that, but it's also ground. It's mostly grounded in Lisa and her idea of self. It doesn't. It's not as nearly excellent. It's not excellently executed as a lot of our better episodes, but. It tries to do something good, and it's funny at times, and it gets – I think it gets Lisa right, largely, and that's really my biggest criteria. It's like, does mm-hmm. it understand Lisa? Yeah, it does. And I think that's enough to keep a part of the canon. Um, however, that means we must go to the top of the list, Matt, and, and work our, as we work our way down. And this is an interesting question because in our number 12 episode is Lisa's wedding. Oh, that is a good question. Um... Lisa's wedding – largely is a uh it's a flash forward episode where we see lisa get married as an adult and does that happen is that canon i mean i don't really see a reason for it not to be because it's it's a dream sequence essentially it's a fantasy that, that lisa has so there's no reason for it not to be canon uh because it just shows us you know what the kind of life lisa might lead and and I, I don't see any reason that we could say that, oh, yeah, obviously this never happened. Well, no, of course it didn't happen. It's a fantasy, but it's a fun fantasy. It's, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just an interesting thought experiment because 
we as you get to these these stranger episodes episodes that are like oh well that actually are we considering that canon well i mean what what actually happens in this episode lisa goes to a fortune teller fortune teller tells her a future and it's unhappy but in the end lisa is just happy to have her father you know after being shown all of this stuff she realizes yeah my dad's not the smartest or the or the or the best but he has my best interest at heart he loves me i think that that in and of itself is worth something being part of the canon so yeah absolutely it's part of the canon um lisa's canon this is lisa's canon <laughs> lisa's wedding what is lisa's, lisa's canon obviously lisa's wedding what is lisa's i don't know what lisa's canon is about with it i mean i would love to see an episode where lisa like tries to has to like figure out what the canon is regardless of what the like she becomes a book critic she has to decide if things are part of the canon or not. That's an episode I think that would only I would enjoy, that no one else would on Earth would like, but I will take it anyway. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Yeah, there's other nerds like me. Like <laughs> that's the that is the other other big giant dorks like me, Matt. Those are the answer. That's the answer you're looking for. Uh-huh, exactly. Okay. That's, that's all that matters. Um, what was I doing? I was going to tell you that tell you guys out there listening that new number 198 is smart and smarter on our list it is 30th overall in the post golden years ranking number number one on our list is still homer's enemy last place is still the strong arms of the maw you can find this list at our website simpsonshow.com it's just embedded there you see exactly what we see our little google sheets document uh you can check it out see where we rank everything um Find a lot of stuff on our website. You find our every episode we've ever recorded, this list, links to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and to our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, help us pay for hosting, we'd really appreciate you. Um, appreciate everyone who does that. You know what our next episode is, Matt? I do not. Robbie, please let me know. It is the Ziff who came to dinner. Oh, another Artie Ziff episode. Okay. It is Artie Ziff where, with John Lovitz, starring John Lovitz as Artie Ziff, Jay Sherman, Llewellyn Sinclair, Aristotle Amadopoulos, and Professor Lombardo. Oh, yeah. He, he makes appearances, everyone. Um, but Homer gets gets saddled with Ziff, Artie's company and gets arrested. And so they get they get in trouble. All that stuff. I don't remember this episode at all. No memories. Yeah, I remember little bits of it, and they were not pleasant memories. But it's John Lovitz, so hey. I mean, John Lovitz. I like I like John Lovitz, but we do have a problem, Matt. There's something looming on the horizon Uh-oh. because the episode oh, after no. episode after next week's episode is Codependence Day. Oh God, already <sighs> we're, we're sorry. That's the next big blight. That is a there's a plague. A wave of, of monstrous insects flying at us over the horizon, and they are in the shape of Codependence Day. It's our next, oh no, that's, it's one of those episodes. One of the terrible ones. But, you know, we don't have to worry about that for two weeks. Aren't you excited? Oh, I'm so excited. Good, yep. Uh, that'll be in two weeks' time, and we have Ziff comes to dinner next week. You can watch along with us. Um, that'll do it for us today. Before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And you please check out my website is RobbieDorman.com. You can sign up for my newsletter and check out my other podcasts. And you can buy my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, just came out. 
appreciate everyone who's who's checked it out, who's who's bought it. It is a suspense horror story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by the sinister reverend with secret occult powers. You can find it on Amazon, read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Please go check it out. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. However, uh, wh- the real way to communicate in times like this is through kittens. So what you need to do is to take pictures of kittens, write your messages on them, and send them to Robbie. And then he will go through all of those for you and send the important ones to me. Because as of now, I am only accepting messages if they are accompanied with a picture of a kitten. I mean, okay, one, I happily accept pictures of kittens. Okay, so exactly. that's, that's fine. Two, I'm not going to – I am not passing them on to Matt. So that's Matt's problem, thinking he's going to get me to do extra labor for him. That's not Damn. not going to happen. Um, you should go to – kitten turns at, on instagram and look at key kittens there oh that's my actual that's true they, that's, they don't usually have messages written on them but hey no but they're cute they're still pretty great they're pretty cute they're very, they're, they're, they're very cute um that'll do it for us today i'm robbie and i'm matt and keep watching the episodes.